Hello, everyone. I'm Hazel Shaul, and I'm here to guide you through the toughest transitions in life, business, and even love. Welcome to Endings. And we were just in reception laughing our heads off. Must look like three madmen, to be honest. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Sam. Fresh from university, shortly after the 2008 financial crisis, Sam and a couple of friends took a leap. Putting their creative heads together, they launched Tunafish, a social media marketing agency. Sam's story is one of identity and perhaps growing up a little too quickly. In this episode, I want you to notice how Sam reflects on his own missteps, how he uses humor, and how he doesn't take himself too seriously. Starting a business from scratch, then letting go of it can be a tough process. But first, let's go back to the beginning. My description of tuna fish was, we was a bit of a weird business where we won a lot of awards, but there is that film at the Oscars every year, isn't there, that gets nine nominations and no one's watched it and it makes no money. And that was essentially what the business was, really. Despite Sam's humble attitude, tuna fish did win awards. Quite a few of them. Clearly they were doing something right. Say there were like five agencies up for a pitch, it would probably be the four biggest agencies you could think of and we'd kind of be the fifth in the room. Sam was rubbing shoulders with the top marketing agencies in the field. He'd made it to the big leagues, sparking conversations of a potential sale of the company. We got approached and basically someone was looking at buying the business in the sense that where they'd probably buy 70%, we'd have 10% each and then there'd be some investment put in to grow it and then we'd exit together, basically. The prospects of selling the company had become a little overwhelming. There was no firm deal in sight. The dominoes slowly looked like they were starting to fall. In the sort of agency world, like things can go wrong quite quickly. When we started, someone who's kind of a mentor and someone I've always looked up to kind of said to me, you only really need three things to go wrong in a short period to end the company and basically like seven or eight did and over maybe like a three to six month period 50 grams worth of debt can become a couple of hundred grand. A crossroads had appeared. It was time for Sam to balance the realities of the business he created with the circumstances he faced. It was time to make a decision, a difficult one. So basically we kind of just Damage Limitation decided to call it then. Went and saw an insolvency company. It was like the day before the pandemic got caught, before the lockdown got called in the end. And like the three of us, we've got two like founders. We were just sat in, and it had been like a tense couple of months before then. And we were just sat in the reception and we just all started laughing basically because that was kind of it really. It's a strange way to go, but it's, it's like, it's, and like, I think one of them got a photo on the time and in that photo we actually looked like the happiest we'd been in months because it was over really. So yeah, I think that was the time. I, I think sort of before that we kind of believed we could get out of it and I think we, we were approaching it in pretty rational ways as well where we, we, just, we were just trying to work our way through it. Basically most businesses have tough times and that was ours and it obviously didn't end the way that we wanted it to but it is what it is. So I'm, I'm more interested because as you said seven or eight things went wrong at once which very few businesses could survive including things completely out of your control uh, and that's that's often like say what happens but 
I suppose I'm still interested in that moment, the release and the relief of it's over. You know, that's as bad as it's going to get. <laughs> it was it was just kind of like we just knew we'd lost the fight really do you know what I mean and like the the thing with tuna fish anyway and the three of us individuals like Rick and Macker as well like humour is our approach to everything really like if we're in trouble we'll try and laugh our way out of it if stuff's going great we'll have a laugh do you know what I mean so it was kind of a bit sort of on point for who we were anyway but it was just that point where we were sat in the office we was about to go through a door, met a guy, meet a guy we've never met before and basically agreed to shut the business and we was just sat in silence. There was all this stuff going on around us because the office we had the meeting in was pretty chaotic because there was people like packing up the computers to go work from home and all that sort of stuff. And we were just in reception laughing our heads off. We look, must look like three madmen, to be honest. Yeah, I can imagine. It's almost like the, the photo you'd never expect to create. Yeah, sitting in an insolvency practitioner laughing. But I wonder how many people get to that moment and where you think it's going to be the worst moment of your life. And actually, it's not. Yeah, so it was. like Obviously, like you, you, you spend 10 years building something and you kind of have an image in your head on how that may or may not end. And, and that's the one that probably doesn't cross your mind, really. But like if you're in that situation, you've got no choice, really, but to just deal with it. And, and that's what it was in the end. So... If if you go back to the beginning, though, of those 10 years, what do you think you learnt about yourself from setting up a business? When we set up the business, we, we were with three creatives and we'd all met on a creative uni course. And, like, basically, when we started the business, we had to be something else as well. And what is quite interesting over that 10 years, like, I'd say over the last five, like, two of us, two of the... So, like, 66% hadn't done anything creative we just completely like almost lost ourselves in the business side of running a business and kind of I think now that that and probably for Rick as well that's probably where we fit naturally so I guess we've kind of gone into it with an idea of who we were from a, a professional standpoint and come out of it almost the complete 180 because they are opposite sides of completely different coins so there's that I I kind of think in a way that running a business or wanting to be an entrepreneur or whatever you call it is a mental illness in a way because a lot of the time it's horrific let's be honest there's always and it's stuff that you can't predict you just be having a nice like wednesday afternoon and then something's just gonna hit you in the ribs from the side that you couldn't have ever predicted was a thing at all and and after a while you, you kind of live for that really and like like I've had like it, it's nearly two years since uh, we shut tuna fish now and I've had a bit of time out been doing a bit of consultancy and stuff and I'm kind of getting itchy feet to start something again and I'm like what why who in the right mind would put themselves through that again really I hate to say it but that's sounding like you're a bit of an adrenaline junkie <laughs> you like the you love the buzz of fixing problems probably more more than likely yeah. But also, the one thing about being a, 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 a business owner is you have got to be really good at solving problems on your feet. And that's what gets the brain buzzing. And that's what you're good at. So if that's what you're good at, then you're incredibly well fitted to do this insane job that is running oh, a small business. Not, not good enough, not good enough, unfortunately. It's like, don't give up now. You're good at it. <laughs> but maybe get the business model right this time. 
<laughs> Charge enough. Yeah, know your worth. Yeah, maybe, yeah. I don't actually think any of that, because by the time we we got to that point, you're 10 years in, you get your pricing right and stuff. Um, none of that stuff really kind of contributed to our downfall, really. It was just mainly just weird situations that we got ourselves in, in, in the terms of like people trying to buy us. Yeah, do you want to say a bit more about that? Because I think when we talked about the, almost the, what started the process that, almost culminated in the end of the business. Uh, it did seem that the, a big part was played by the investment cycle that you went for. So do you want to, yeah, say a bit more about that? Yeah, so we'd kind of we'd kind of always grown the business sort of bootstraps. We'd never, we'd never took investment. It wasn't really something we'd kind of considered either, to be honest. And then probably a bit before that, I think we kind of got to the point where maybe the three of us were kind of maybe interested in a new challenge anyway, where we kind of grew it to a point. And basically we got approached and basically someone was looking at buying the business in the sense that where they'd probably buy 70%, we'd have 10% each and then there'd be some investment put in to grow it and then we'd exit together, basically. I think, and I'd say that that was the start of, of how things turned out the way they turned out really so i think probably two decisions that i got wrong in in that period was one i was working on the deal hired this senior sales guy who sold himself to us great but that was kind of the only thing he did sell during that whole process which was frustrating and yeah um and then i was kind of working on the deal that dragged on a bit as deals do so there's not there's kind of the whole of me coming out of the sales team is kind of growing back the longer this deal goes on. And then it, the kind of deal was more or less agreed and we got to the point where it was kind of ready to go over the line and it got pulled. The reasons for that, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, and I'm not sure if I'll, I'll ever, like, will know. So try not to think too much about that. Um, there was a lot going on at the time. There was, like, an election called and that was the kind of stuff that was said to us but I'm, I'm not sure that's the truth and I'm not I'm not really I'm kind of over it enough and then so that was kind of like a six month period where there hadn't been any sales basically and we'd kind of into most of our cash supplies I think if you if any business has a six month kind of problem period they're kind of in a bit of trouble so so yeah we was in trouble so that was kind of like the back end of 2019 and so we was rowing back, not really knowing what we was rowing straight headfirst into the pandemic, really. We'd had a couple of chats during that period with like maybe bigger companies, some of our competitors. We was looking at maybe like doing a merger or like them acquiring us or something like that. And yeah, basically the pandemic put, put an end to all of that. And we just decided to call it a day before the kind of debts got absolutely chaotic if that makes sense but that's the thing isn't it that when you're on the other side and i know you've said that sometimes you've been on the other side of that where people have ended up owing you money and it always felt you know really unfair but now you've experienced it you know often there's a lot of businesses just doing the best doing the best they can and getting as much as they can in yeah i think for us like put going like just kind of going away is well as we could so like how it kind of come about is that I, I wrote a blog which I was planning on putting out as soon as like the insolvency was confirmed because again there's a bit of a process where you're in insolvency but it's not complete yet so we were just kind of sitting around it was during that first lockdown and then um, 
we we got a like a, a I got a call from a journalist who was like, well, I've heard what's happened. I'm going to put a story out, and then I was like, can you wait? And we like basically the sales guy who I'd mentioned a bit earlier, he'd he'd tipped off a journalist what was happening, which was probably the most initiative he showed during that whole period, which is crazy, but it is what it is. So um, so that blog went out probably a bit earlier than we wanted it to. And um, and to be honest, it was great once it did. It was kind of everyone knew you won't kind of, it wasn't lying to anyone anyway, you just kind of, you wasn't really seeing anyone during that pandemic. So that was the end of it for me. I think once that happened, that was the line drew under it and then you can kind of start moving on. How did people react who knew you once the news was out? Yeah, so to be honest, like all, all the people like who were important to me knew anyway. It had been like three or four. I think this this was probably it was probably about this time of year, like October time. So and because all the insolvency stuff was moving quite slow because the pandemic, so there'd been like five months really where this had kind of been going on. So kind of a lot of people knew anyway, and I'd, 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 by that point, I'd kind of obviously had a bit of time to sort of mull it over myself. But then the sort of reaction from like people we don't know was great, really. I think we got like 2,000 messages. I think there was one negative one in there. But then isn't that maybe just say something about how good your reputation is and also how liked you are if people can just want to support you when something like that happens, if there's only one negative message in a 1,000 yeah, to be honest, that wasn't really like that was kind of just like in our trainers off as well, like which was a bit mad in the photo that went with it. But like um that's the one you think about though, isn't it? But Oh, fashion advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one you think about. Like I love them trainers. But um so yeah, no, obviously it was nice and and I think I think the the main thing was we kind of we was just completely honest, like, I, I, the blog's still online somewhere, but basically it's along the lines of, look, I've, I've made some mistakes, the business has gone under, I'm sorry. And that was kind of it, really. And whereas, I, I don't know, I, I, again, when you've kind of, like, run a business for a long time, you kind of see businesses, probably a couple go under a year, and there's always a kind of a bit of blame passed around or something like that and with this there wasn't really any it was it was all our kind of, it was it was my decisions that put us in the grave really and a little bit of the pandemic but i think that'd be a cop-out so and authenticity had always been pretty important to us as a business so to kind of close in the most authentic way possible was was really important to us so that was it yeah because i hear you talk about um the importance of being authentic being you uh he also seemed to take a lot of the burden for this, your, those decisions, um, you know, because a deal taking longer than you expected. Uh, I think when we talked about it, I said, mm, there's a lot of advisors in a deal that can tell you it takes longer than you think. So I think feels like you're being a bit hard on yourself. Have you heard that before? Maybe, maybe I am, but maybe I'm not. But like again, it's that sort of like just taking responsibility for your actions. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they were ultimately my actions. So, so at the time when things were um, getting difficult for the business, that you, you'd, you also mentioned that personal life was getting a bit out of control. That you'd been drinking, and so the fact that you were dealing with so many other things at the same time 
You know, that must have been very hard. Yes, so like that sort of back end of 2019, start of 2020 was just a bit of a weird period. There was obviously like the business stuff which was going on, sort of ended up in a bit of a weird situation in my personal life. There was like family illnesses. It was just a bit, a bit it was everything at once, if that makes sense. And I don't, I'd, I'd always liked to drink and we'd always kind of liked going out. And if I'm honest, there was probably a bit of a drinking culture within our business. And I think there definitely is within the local business community. And I'd kind of almost crossed that threshold a bit where I'd gone from like enjoying going out and drinking to go out to almost drinking to forget a bit, if that makes sense. Drinking on my own or drinking in the house, which I'd never really been into. So, so yeah, again, in that, in that first pandemic, stop drinking I think I'm about I'm not, I, I don't really keep a track on it but I'm probably about two and a half years sober now feel much better for it I've always had issues with anxiety and like panic attacks since I was a kid anyway and, and it's helped that massively still go out but just don't drink and kind of just leave when everyone gets to the point where they start chatting absolute breeze so I guess it was quite good for me in that sense really where it's allowed me to kind of get a handle on that so what was the point when you were able then to stop drinking? Was it was it the business or was it a, a different point? No, so basically, like, I, it'd been in my mind for a bit and um, I'll be honest, like, there'd been, like, people around around me in the business community that I'd, I'd seen do it and the, the one that stands out in my mind is Don McGregor from Social Chain. We were in the same building for a long time and there was periods where we'd go out together and he kind of... He's been very open about like similar problems as what I had, uh, and I'd seen a lot of the good that it had done for him, really. So it, I'd, I'd, it was one of them things that I knew I needed to do, and I just kind of I checked into because it was just before the just before that first lockdown, I checked into the AA. I know it's anonymous and you're not meant to talk about it, but here we are. So uh, I checked into that, done a couple of sessions, and then they were like. We're moving it onto Zoom, and I didn't think that was for me. So, but that shows a real strength of character that you can say, "I I don't choose to do this anymore. I want to just stop." And and you know, since this is a podcast about endings, and sometimes it's all sorts of different types of endings, and you know, your business one in a way was forced on you. But when it comes to things like the you know stopping drinking or ending that, I can also be just a choice. Of this, this needs to stop. Yeah, I love how you have gone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a podcast about endings. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get the guy who ran his business into the ground. Yeah, cheers for that. No, well, the whole point is that we 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 have a culture that isn't very good at talking about what stops, because the one thing that as you are working on at the moment is that when something stops, it opens up a possibility for something new to start. And there's a phrase saying, you can't say hello till you've said goodbye. So you can't figure out who you are now until you've stopped being Sam from Tunafish. You can't work out the man you want to be until you are sober. It's the, All of those things have to stop. Yeah, there was a bit of an identity crisis for a while. And that's kind of why I've maybe not rushed into something in the sense where I spent just under 10 years as Sam from Tuna Fishing. Maybe it took me a little while to work out who Sam without Tuna Fish is, if I'm honest. And we had like two really long lockdowns where I was just sat in the house chilling with the dog. And then it's it probably took me a bit a bit too long to kind of almost... like I feel like I've worked at a million miles now for 10 years and then I had that almost forced break, which everyone had with the pandemic. And then it's probably 
it took me slightly too long to maybe get through the gears again. But it, yeah, um, it is what it is. But that's the the bit now is. You know, think about identity as a psychologist. We work with that all the time. The layers of who you are, because there'll be many of those layers are still there. The you know the the values that you have, the the parts of you that are still you that don't don't change. There might be some bits you've learned through this process that you think, okay, I don't want to be that version of me anymore. But I like this version of me. So that'd be interesting. You know, is there anything yet that's caught your eye that you think, yeah, I could care about that enough maybe to work on for the next 10 years? So I'm, I'm trying not to like rush into anything is the truth. Done the consultancy probably seriously for the, maybe the last six months, enjoying it. No real complaints there, but I will start something again. I'm probably going to wait until the world isn't on fire or is on less on fire than it is at the minute. And then, yeah, just, I, I don't know what the future is, if I'm honest. And, like, I, I kind of quite excited by that because I kind of feel since we started Tuna Fish, I'd always had a plan of kind of loosely what the future looks like. And I don't at the minute, which is quite scary, but I quite like it. Do you know, there's a whole new, uh, well, there's a, a, a movement, I think, in Europe that called the effortless entrepreneur. And it's this idea of no plan. You just do the thing in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's something it's a little scary about no plan uh, I, yeah I don't know enough about it but it's one of those things that um, yeah sometimes taking a bit of time to figure out what you care enough about and also be seeing what turns up uh, as you said you've, you've gave your first 10 years to doing something very particular and it's okay to take a bit of time to figure out what next and what matters is there anything you definitely wouldn't do learning from the first 10 years um yeah 100% would not start an agency ever again <laughs> okay fair enough I would no I'm, I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to hang my hat on that that I am absolutely done in the agency world and that's not that sounds like really negative but it isn't in my head it's not because of the way it ended it's just the case of I had 10 years doing it and I tried some other stuff probably wouldn't do a service-based business again for the same reason, if I'm honest. I just want to see what happens and go from there. So you might have heard that Sam has really wrestled with identity, which is how we see ourselves. And identity is layered like an onion. If you think we are all built up of layers and we're built up of family, national, cultural identity. It actually starts really early. But that idea of how other people see us, which is sometimes not entirely consistent with how we see ourselves. Now, having a professional persona isn't unusual. And not having any time to understand who you are personally outside of that persona is not unusual for people who set businesses up straight from university. But most of us do have that time. Because if you think of yourself as three intersecting circles, there's who you are to yourself, there's who you are to other people, and there's who you are as a professional. The more aligned they are, the more authentic people are going to find you. And frankly, the less energy it takes, it's so much easier. Um, If you have to be someone very different in any of those areas of your life, it always costs you something. And it is worth checking from time to time that it's a cost you're prepared to pay. Now, 
Letting people see the real you or even bringing elements of yourself a little close together so there's less difference can make life easier and feels rewarding. So when people really like us, they like us and not the mask we wear. But if they don't, it says probably more about them than us. Now, through the process of building a business, it can feel like sometimes people like that professional mask we put on. And it's how close that might feel to the person we are inside. And in some situation, who he was as a business owner, the, the, the guys that were having fun after work and the drinking culture, all of that became who he was and his identity. And being Sam from Tuna Fish was somebody he was for 10 years. And it's something we see a lot in people who've run businesses for decades and then sell them. That one day you think, well, who am I now if I'm not that? And, and Sam admits he found not being Sam from Tunapish quite hard to figure out, well, who's Sam? And that process is something that many of us take time over to figure out, who are we? Who are we when I'm not in that relationship? Or who are we when I'm not that job? Or who are we when I'm not that title? And it is worth taking time on. It's not a, a fluffy thing. And yet it's something that people don't, spend enough time on and it is the bit that will rip your heart out certainly I spent a bit of time doing some research on how it felt to sell your business and some of the descriptions I heard were things like it's like having your soul ripped out or doing a handbrake turned down the motorway this is not easy stuff and that was nothing to do with the act of selling your business it was how it felt because that's all about changing your identity you might have also found that the emotional process, and you might have heard some of the emotions that Sam went through, because you know, clearly somebody is pretty resilient, but your brain has to process the end of something. You have to process loss, and our brains process loss as grief. We have to let go. And that idea of allowing grief is like, is like any kind of sadness the movement of sadness is to take us away from society for a little bit so that we can heal. And then when we're ready, we're ready to rejoin. So Sam has taken a little time to step out and step aside to heal. And when he's ready, he'll rejoin. And clearly he's got some views on what he'll do when he rejoins. And I'm sure everyone will absolutely wish him all the best when he does. Um, but as with people, when they end relationships or end businesses for different reasons... The grieving process is one that needs to be attended to because the initial, uh, what can be sadness or anger, the negative emotions have to be processed in their time. And that there's a point when you truly let go of the past, when you can say the old way's gone, the new way's not yet set in stone, when you're in this weird neutral zone where nothing's certain, it's a bit strange. And that's the stage you hear that Sam's in right now. But many people going through loss, once they can physically and emotionally let go of the way things were, of being the person they used to be or doing the job they used to do, being able to let go of the things that they need to end or stop, that's when this new time can be. Because, yes, it can feel a bit unsettling to be in a situation where the old way's gone, but the new way's not set in stone. But that can also be a period of self-discovery of finding out who do you want to be when you finish paying for who you had to be. 
Um, and that is Carl Jung, by the way, that's not me. Uh, that is a really interesting time of innovation. So giving yourself a little time to figure out who you want to be next before you launch into something new is healthy. And whether that's because it's the end of a relationship or a business, it doesn't matter. Giving yourself some time. And then when you're ready, you move on. Because then you can see what's possible when the old ways have gone. And you can create a new plan based on a picture of the future that inspires, that makes you feel hopeful, that makes you want to play the game again. And most of all, focused on a purpose. And that way, you're not running from a failure or from an ending, but towards a start and a new success. So thank you so much to Sam for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Endings. If you'd like to share any thoughts, I would love to hear them. And you can reach me on at HazelCS on Twitter or on LinkedIn. If you're interested in understanding the endings happening in your life a little better, I have the perfect thing for you. It's my five-step worksheet. It's developed specifically for listeners of this podcast and based on years of my research. The first step will only take you 20 minutes to complete, but it will bring you a lot closer to understanding how to make these difficult decisions around endings. Click the link in the show notes to download your Thriving Through Endings worksheet now. And finally, if you know somebody who is wrestling with decisions about ending their business or winding up, then please share it with them. I'm Hazel Shaw. I hope you'll join me again for another episode of Endings. <laughs>